Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Mates. In this one, we'll be following a similar structure to last week, looking at some player comparisons. So let's get straight into it. So the first player comparison we'll do is these two pod defenders in Saad and Redmond who have scored pretty well in the past two weeks. Are either of these two on your radar? And if so, which one would you be looking for, Tom? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it seems like running defenders had the flavour of the month, really. Um, yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, those guys are doing a lot better than the likes of Ridley, Doherty and so on and so forth. Sisley even didn't score that well this week um, in comparison. So I think out of the two, I've watched both these games quite closely, but I'd probably pick Saad. Um, he actually looks like a very decent option this year. At no point does he look like he slows down in a quarter. Redmond, for example, he intercepted everything, but it was against a pretty shitty Gold Coast side. Um, he went nuts in the first quarter. I think he was almost at 50 at quarter time, so he slowed down significantly. He's got a habit of doing that. Um, Redmond's also a pain in the ass for Ridley, who I own, but Saad, I think you can more confidently own. Um, he doesn't phase out too much in quarters, and he does the same role week in, week out. Um, he's got, yeah, a really nice role at the moment, and it's showing with double tons so far, and any point for him when he doesn't look like scoring a ton, he just somehow manages it. But what are your thoughts on these two? I think there are far better options. So I'd be avoiding both. And it, if you've got them, good. But if you don't, you should be looking at other options like your day costs and even some other mid-prices, which we'll touch on later. So avoid both of them. Yeah. I think well, what John is just saying is like, You've got so many 500k options at the moment where you can save a lot of money. They're doing as equally as better. Whereas, I mean, Redmond is in that boat, but someone like Asad is 650k. So unless he's going 120, 130, um, you know, you'd be picking someone 500k. But I think the problem is at the moment is so many of these cheaper players are doing super well, which is a concern for, for yeah, exactly. guys that go on the the the, the um for guys who've gone the, the Uber premium route because it's really costing it money wise. Um, so we'll move on quickly now to the second point of discussion, um, which is a mid-price madness season, I think. Um, basically, if you got all the mid-prices, you're laughing, unfortunately, this year. Um, so Setterfield and Zeeble are pretty much the top two that everyone either has already or is looking to bring in. Um, I'm in the same dilemma, actually, so I'll be interested to see if, Jonas, you have an opinion on this one. Um who would you bring out of these two, or do you think both of them are must-haves purely because of role and, and scoring potential? Um, but if you had to pick one or, you know, either both or one, who would you go for and why? Yep, so these are two players I'd be far more inclined to be looking at than the past two. It's tough to decide which one to pick because Setterfield's coming off a great score and is a bit younger and has, like, a midfield role. I think he's as close to a must-have as you can get, but the issue is you've already got a lot of mid-prices in the midfield that you can pick, which means someone like Zebel is a bit more valuable, in my opinion, and could become a keeper. So if I had to pick only one of them, I'd be going Zebel because he will have that defender forward eligibility. He has a chance of being a keeper. He has that role locked up. 
And Setterfield had a bit of ice on his quad at the end of the game, which concerns me a bit. But yeah. just saying that, I think they're both great options and will we'll make plenty of cash. I just don't see Setterfield being a keeper because we've got so many good mid options that are going to fall in price. I think, um, just continue on this before I have my two cents worth, do you reckon that set, like obviously Usable has a role um, of, of previous years, which, you know, last time he had this role, he was a pretty much a top top six forward and rebounded, uh, rose in cash ridiculously well, and it seems like he's doing the same here. Um, my concern with Setterfield, and I want to see if you share the same sentiment, if you look at who he's played so far, um, first round Hawthorne, which are shit out, who are shit out this year. Um, Gold Coast, which aren't great, but he went berserk. I think he kept a couple goals as well to get his score to 147. He's got the, our boys next week. Without Steele, I could see him doing quite well. Is he one that, purely based on the fact he's obviously gone berserk this week um, and done pretty well last week, and he probably should do pretty well again this week, uh, is he one that you just have to grab because of the cash rise, or... Are you more inclined in thinking long-term where who knows how his body holds up across 22 games playing pure midfield or, you know, against a stronger midfield side? Or on the flip side, Zeeble, obviously, if Aaron Hall does come back in, does he have to shift off because of Sheezel? And obviously his injury concerns um, have been well documented over the last couple of years. I think we know what you'll get with... Zebel, he's shown the ability to score that in the past. I think the midfield matchup for Setterfield is a slight issue, but he's not going to get tagged. He just does everything well. Like he tackles, nine tackles and stuff like that. So Setterfield might drop a tiny bit of scoring. Like he won't average what he's at currently averaging, but I still see him making 150K very easily. Yeah. Um, I just like the upside of Zebel in terms of being able to potentially pick up a keeper for for the price he's at is too appealing for my liking. So for me, yeah, I'd, there are a few question marks over Setterfield, but they're both excellent options. And if you can, get both in. But for me, I can only really get one of them in. And so I'll be, I'm leaning towards Zeeble. Yeah. Um, well, I'm in that dilemma at the moment. Um <clears throat> The only reason I am leaning towards Zeeble is because I'm sick of playing one of McKenzie and Ashcroft on the bench and always losing out. Yeah. Like remaining score, it happened to me twice. I had Ashcroft first round and then it lost. McKenzie's good score, bank, I lost 40 points and then vice versa, the other end lost 50 points. So um, I think that might change if Hopper doesn't get up, which is looking likely. Um yeah, it's a tough one to, to, to be in. But, yeah, Zeeble, I think, just has a runs on, on the ball previously. Setterfield's a bit of an unknown playing pure midfield moving forward. But, anyway, it's a tough one, um, and I think, it'll you know, opinions will change as we move on throughout the week. Moving forward to two players who have pro- probably pissed off more coaches than, than less, um, Tanner Bruin and Flanders, who are both massive hype picks. Going into round one and were, you know, considered locks in everyone's side. But you look at the scores from this week, both basically scored exactly the same. Um, Their biggest issue is their time and ground, which usually means one of two things. It's either they're unfit and they can't run out a game in their desired position or they're a a liability, really, to their sides that they're just not worth it. Is there, 
you know, definite trade-outs with these guys. I mean, you could probably throw Callahan in the mix as well with his injury and shit score, Jonas. But you reckon, especially these two, you reckon they're immediate trade-outs? Or is there merit in keeping any one of these two for one more week if you do own, just to see if there's any change in scoring? No, the the easiest trade-outs of them all. If you had... Yeah, if you had to make me pick between trading one of them out, it would be Brune because he's more expensive, but I think they both got to go. Look at that. Like, they're averaging 10 and 11 disposals, respectively, and they're not getting much time on ground. So, no, they've got to go the easy uh, the easy avenues to get to some of your rookies like Chandler and perhaps anyone else you've missed, as well as some of those mid-prices we've talked about. So I wouldn't be um, wasting any more time. I'd be uh, getting rid of them. They've got enough problems. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think if you can flick them on to even your set of fields and zebels, it's a bonus. Um, they're just not scoring at all, and they're pr- pr- proving a liability on field. Like, I got rid of Bruin for Warple, and it, and it basically banked me another 50 points ahead of that. So, um I think sometimes, especially in the early rounds, you've got to be a little bit brutal with your decision-making. Um, it's always the case if you wait one more week, one more week, it can really cost you, um, you know, points, total points scoring-wise. But moving on to another big issue that I think a few owners would have, but hopefully not both. Um, obviously, Gorn went down injured within the first minute of the game and didn't return. I think it's an MCL injury, I'm pretty sure. So at least minimum four to five. I'm not 100% sure. And yeah. Sean Darcy, uh, I think we all own him, as in from Supercoach mates. Absolute pain in the ass when he decided to play up forward and did fuck all, I think. He was on negative four on halftime or something ridiculous. Uh, um, what do we do with these two? I know you've got some opinions on Darcy, but obviously Gorn's a trade out um, due to injury. What are your thoughts? You know, obviously there is merit in holding Darcy, but what are your thoughts on trade out options um, for either of these two, really? I don't hate the idea of holding Darcy and seeing one more week, see how he goes against West Coast, who Ruckman have scored very well against in the first two weeks. And perhaps if he's playing a bit of time forward, he gets um, Ruck forward DPP and becomes a top six forward, perhaps. So I want to give him one more week, but I see the merit in trading him because Mm -hmm. he's got a high break even. There are some other good Ruck options. So is one you can go either on, either or on. I think it purely comes down to who you're bringing in, bringing in in place of him. Are you going down to like a Darcy Cameron and then elevating a rookie up to a good mid-pricer? Because if that's the case, then that's not a bad trade at all. Yeah. If you've got no other problems, yeah, I'd be trading Darcy out. But say you've got a Jack Steele or someone else who's a clear trade-out like a Max Gorn, I'd be definitely prioritising that before looking at Darcy because Darcy still has the ability to bounce back. Fremantle played very poorly. You'd expect them to sort of show some sort of fight against West Coast, which means he'll be tapping down to some midfielders. So, yeah, I'm more inclined to hold Darcy and sort of see how he goes. I did the same. It's the same with Laird last week. People traded him out and he bounced back. What if Darcy goes 160 against West Coast? You, you'll have um, a bit of egg on your face if you've traded out a player who then goes 160. So I'd rather wait and be sure to trade him out yeah. rather than trade him out now and then 
regret later when he goes big. If he can't score well against West Coast, oh, yeah, he's we off. know something's wrong and you can comfortably trade him out without being concerned that he'll burn you. But for the time being, uh, yeah, I'm more in, in the camp of holding. But if it gets you some of those other must-have players, then it's completely understandable. But where are you leaning on this yeah. one, Tom? Well, I'm in this sticky conundrum as well because... Um, Unfortunately, I have a few issues now with with uh, Darcy was the least of my concerns, and now he became a problem. Obviously, um, Darcy was yeah, Darcy. I've got Steele. Um, I don't have Dacos, so there's a few issues to burn out. Um, yeah, he's one that I'm in the same boat as Jonas. I think I'm for I'm literally forced to hold Darcy because I don't have enough trades to bring in because my top priority is AZ or Setterfield and Dacos, so I can't afford Darcy to get rid of Dar. I mean to get rid of Darcy. Um, the other thing I'm, I, I would want to know your opinion, Jonas, on this, but I get that he's going to, you know, potentially go 160, 170 against West Coast. Um, clearly, him playing up forward did not work. Um, I'm not sure if that was a suggested strategy by Longmuir, um, but it would just would make no sense having him up forward and Jackson in the ruck. Um, considering Jackson a lot more mobile, so that either is a, a, an underlying issue or a niggling issue, or that's just what they decided to do. Um, I think it was quite a Nathan who's unfortunately not with us tonight, but he noticed it was quite muggy and hot, so it could be a reason that he couldn't last in the ruck. But I don't exactly know the the the, the behinds of that. But what are your thoughts potentially? So obviously we look at you know moving up to English and Wits, and um, you know Marshall if you somehow don't own him, but. Looking on the flip side, you, you're saving yourself money going down to Darcy Cameron. It's another name that pops to mind who's done ridiculously well so far this season against some decent Ruckman. Um, what are your thoughts on saving some money on someone like a Darcy Cameron um, or from a Sean Darcy to a Cameron as a Collingwood supporter? Um, because we know that Cameron's going to go up in price quite heavily um, due to his two good scores. Yeah, I don't mind the option at all. I think it's the best Darcy replacement you can go for because he's purely cheaper than, say, say someone like an English. Wits isn't a bad option, but it's a bit of... You're locking yourself up of potentially getting some of these other must-have trade-in options by going Wits. So I think your only options are to save a trade or to go to someone like a Cameron who was... Clunking a lot of marks and looked very good on the weekend. I don't think Cox is going to affect him as much as people would have thought, but he still had a bit of an interrupted preseason, so it's easy to overlook that when when a player has one or two good scores, but that durability question mark will always linger. Yeah. The good thing about Darcy Cameron, though, is he's forward eligible, so you can always swing him forward later on in the year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a pretty good option. But, yeah, as I said before, it really boils down to who you're bringing in with that cash that you've saved from going Darcy to Cameron. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so moving on to our final discussion point before we go into our overrated, underrated section, or our final versus series, uh, versus option, something a little bit different, a little bit left field, um, which is what we like to see here. Um, two options, Crouch and Pendles, both midfield options. So this is obviously if you're looking – to a midfield option. Um, I'll, t- I'll let you talk about Pendles because I've been quite impressed with what I've seen so far from him. Um, Crouch is an interesting one because obviously Steele's now out for minimum four weeks. 
he has a habit of going on a tear when Steele is not there. Um, he, I think last year was averaging, you know, he was going 130, 140 without Steele in the side. He really steps up when Steele's not there. What are your thoughts, say, this is obviously applying to people who are quite low in the ranks and want to really shoot up, um, saving some cash from your 600 play, 600,000 price points. Out of these two, or, or anyone else for that matter, who would you bring in um, as a potential point of difference purely based on the fact that you've seen a role change or something a little bit different that you think they can get 120s and 130s by saving yourself 100k from your millers and whatnot who haven't actually started the house on fire actually haven't started you know on like a house on fire like they normally do yeah it's one of those ones where you're picking them at this price to be a keeper and i don't see them being top eight mids at all so if you're looking for a pod i'd more go down the avenue of looking for a, like a cheap pod in that sense so someone in like the 200 to 400k range so if you're looking for some sort of point of differentiation or to get ahead i'd be more looking at players like hayden crozier or jack bows those sort of types where they'll definitely make money and be safe in that respect even if the pick blows up whereas these two are more like you're chasing points and whilst crouch might have a good few weeks without steel still will come back and crouch is I feel like he always gets talked about as an option because he scores a few good scores, but then he never really gets around the mark in terms of being top eight mid. So both these guys are pretty irrelevant. But in saying that, Pendles has looked good, but he's quite old now, and I think he's the sort of guy that has the ability to potentially get subbed off a game just to be managed and whatnot. So, yeah, I'd be overlooking those guys and more looking at someone like a a cheap sort of mid or or defensive option who could be a really good option next week, like your Croziers or Jackos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, it's a tough one, really, because you want to obviously – I think there'll be, a, you know, come next week with guys like Crozier and um, – or maybe not Crozier. Well, he's got another week, I think, doesn't he, because he didn't play first round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Bows, I think there's a really a few def- cheaper defenders you might want to get up from, um, especially they've got that extra week in their cycle. So moving on to our overrated, underrated segment, um, we've got a few debatable topics. First one is trading out primos after a poor game based off the eye test. So not just a poor game based off the score, based off their actual role. So both of Ridley and Doherty had, which unfortunately owned both of, had both questionable roles. What are your thoughts on this? Overrated or underrated um, having to rage trade one of these two or wanting to rage trade after seeing that something's not right with their role after only one game? I think it's... Not overrated, but it's also fair to hold these players because we saw last week what happened with people who traded out Hopper, Laird, and a few other players who then bounced back. But in saying that, Ridley's role looked far worse than Doherty's, so I wouldn't be worried or inclined to trade Doherty out just yet. But with Ridley, played more lockdown, I believe. Zerk Thatcher might be injured, which means Ridley will have to... Definitely play more lockdown and let and less loose behind the ball. So I'd be um, 
I'd be content if I had Ridley to trade him out to a Dacos, for instance. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Doherty, I still see Doherty being a top six to eight mid. So trading him out feels like a bit of a waste. But yeah, it's it's a it's a tough sort of position because Ridley scored well last week. So it's a bit like you're you're throwing him out after one subpar score. But yeah, it really depends on the structure of your team. If it if it gets you Dacos and it's no skin off your nose, I'd be I'd be doing that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm just looking up how Essen lined up round one uh, round one. Um, they did have Zerk Thatcher and he actually scored a hundred as well. So and that played Hawthorne. So it's it's a pretty hard kind of sample size to work with because I'll to give you a bit of context, um, having watched that game quite closely being a Ridley owner. They've got a lot of halfbacks now. So you've got three pretty much that are ruining Ridley a little bit. You've got um, McGrath, Redmond, and D'Ambrosio. So they're the ones that are pushing off the back. Having said that, Zerk actually, I think, is stealing, more stealing points off Ridley than anyone else because they don't really look for Ridley anymore. It's kind of they flip it to whoever's there. And obviously, when Zerk Thatcher's there, he's actually not a bad option. The other the other issue is, is Redmond's taking all the kickouts predominantly. Really takes a few, but nowhere near as the likes of Redmond. So I think he plays, obviously, our boys on Saturday night, um, which is a big bonus for him because, yeah, every time a key defender or an intercept marker plays in Kilda, they go huge. So I would not be surprised at all if Ridley goes berserk on Saturday night. Um but having said that, he did score a 70, which is not ideal. Um, but he did drop a lot of intercept marks as well. So yeah. it's, it could have been half a decent score. And I remember watching that game in the third quarter. He, he, he took a kick out and went out of bounds on the full straight away. So, you know, you, you take those points with a grain of salt, but it's a little bit of a concern. I'll be, I'll be watching at least one or two more weeks of Ridley just to see where he's at. Um, with roll rise because it only takes one of those running defenders to be injured to make him a real good option. Um, Doherty, not so much. I think it's a similar issue with him. You've got the likes of McGovern and Newman, I think, came back into the side or was playing originally and Saad. So same issue there where Doherty's more of your quarterback who sets up the play and a lot of the ball bypassed him on the weekend. So I think with both and Doherty, I think less concerning because he just naturally scores quite well anyway. Like this would be more of his floor game than an average game for him. Um, exactly. So yeah, he was working pretty hard for the ball in the last quarter as well. So I think the only issue is he's losing some of those kick-ins. But mm. say McGovern gets injured or something happens like that, you definitely see Doherty really rising and scoring well again. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, moving on to the next overrated underrated. This was a more combined comment from two of our followers on Twitter um, and Discord. Side swap mid prices. So Callahan obviously had a terrible uh, start to that game against West Coast. Well, half GWS just fall, fell apart. Had a shoulder issue. Didn't score well. Um, Fife was obviously injured. I know a lot of people have Fife. Um, never looked right against St Kilda. When you've got same mid prices that. You know are going to drop in price or stagnate because of one shit score or two shit scores. Um, what are your thoughts, overrated, underrated, on swapping to another mid pricer because you don't want to ruin your structure? I think it's fine if you see that other mid pricer with a really good role and they're scoring, say, tons like a Warple, for instance. I'd be um, happy to trade Fife 
you should probably already have done that after the fact yeah. that you missed the game. With Callahan, that's a trickier one because he was looking good. Then last week, obviously, he got that knock to the shoulder and we don't know what the condition of it is. Right. So I'm happy to trade Callahan if it gets you a set of field, for instance. But yeah. I'm going to probably look at holding him for one week. Purely to see what he does. He's got a low, very low break even. So he's going to make some money at the worst case. If he goes back to scoring 80s and whatnot, we can comfortably hold. But worst case, I just trade him out to a, a Crozier or a Bose potentially and go from there. Rather yeah. rather give him one more chance because he did look very good in the first week. And um, if, if that shoulder was really, really bad, I don't think he would have gone back on the game. Onto the field, so yeah, no. Honey. Fingers crossed, is fine. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned on Patreon that um, in our write-up articles that Callahan, yeah, he played wing, and the problem with playing wing in footy is that when you get smashed, wings are the first ones to lose out on possession because they just don't get the ball. Like the team can't transition as they normally do, and rather than transitioning out to the wings and creating space and what not, like good footy players do. They tend to panic and just dumb kick it forward. So it means the likes of Callahan or suck out on a wing are just running up on grass all day um, and not getting much of it. But moving forward to the next overrated, underrated. This is an interesting one because I was it was brought to my attention about this guy, Buckley, from GWS, who's actually scored very, very well. I don't know what he's priced. I think he's rookie. Low 200s. Yeah, low 200s. That's it. So very similar to Machado Owens. Both of these are basically gone head-to-head with regard – they play different positions, obviously. Head-to-head with regards to scoring. So I think Buckley and Machado Owens first round, around about mid-70s, and they've now gone to high 90s. Um, What are your thoughts on bringing these kind of cheap players that can make a bit of cash quick um, as a bit of point of difference as well because not many would own both? Um, What are your thoughts on these two – well, not these two in particular, but pod – cheap players to bring in on the bubble because of a quick cash rise, overrated, underrated? I think it's uh, overrated. These sort of players, they'll make just as much money as someone like a Caminiti, for instance. You could go down and pick up a 102K player, save yourself that money, and Caminiti will still make 100000 or so, which will be about the equivalent of what these two players make. And at far less risk because you're committing less money to start with. So I would be avoiding these two because there are just so many good options that you can pick from. You can go down to like a Hollands, for instance, or a Caminiti or someone else. Save yourself 50K plus Mm. and get someone who's going to make the equivalent amount of money. Um, Albeit they'll be scoring a bit less, but these players aren't probably going to be in your field anyway. So that doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, Machito Owens is the one that obviously Saints bias. I was hot all preseason, so it's a bit annoying that I didn't go for him because he actually has started pretty well up forward and looked quite dangerous. Um, but yeah, Buckley was, I didn't even realise his price didn't even existed, to be fair, and he's gone 76 yeah. and 99. So it's an interesting one where you'd have to watch on roll in particular with him. Our gut feel is I think it's because Whitfield's out. It could have made him score quite well. Um, so it's hard to say because, yeah, Cumming didn't do well either. And obviously, yeah, he played defence as well. But, yeah, I would say that if you're looking like these guys are a little bit point of difference-ish, 
Um, it is very risky because you just don't know how long they can hold it for. They could crash and burn immediately the next week and you've stuffed it. So, yeah, you'd have to have done a fair bit of research into their positions before you move on. Um, so, Larky, last before we go into a bit of a rant, um, having Cedarfield, Warple and Hopper is too many. Obviously, some may have all three already. Um, but in past years, having too many mid-prices just stuffs your cash gen up. But this year might be a little bit different with these three in particular. What are your thoughts? Overrated or underrated? Um, overrated. <laughs> I, I disagree with the statement. Having Cedarfield, Warple and Hopper is fine. Um, it's just tough to get them all in. And if you're compromising the balance of your team and whatnot, like, for instance, if you're fielding um or these three in the midfield and then you've got ashcroft and mckenzie on the bench for instance or something like that then i wouldn't be looking at bringing them in so it really depends on the balance of your team but they're all going to make plenty of money um so no harm done yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things where um you know it's 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 hard because you know, these three in particular, they play a perfect role for their sides. It's not like they've had three good games. They're both playing, or well, they're all three of them playing pure mid. I'd almost argue Setterfield's the one that we just don't know what's going to happen against tougher teams, where we've, we've seen it with Warple, but he got smashed against Sydney and he still scored well. Um, but having said that, if they play mid and they get another, enough CBAs, they're probably going to score all right. So it's probably one of the years that you've got three different players that, all play a similar role for their club and they're all doing very well for themselves. Um, yeah, before we finish up today, uh, we've got a new segment um, that we started up last week and we've now got a slide to match for it called Nate Snags. Unfortunately, he's not here with us today, so me and Jonas can tag team a little bit. But our little gripe this week has got to do with the Freo Footy Club, um, Supercoach specifically, because I think it's fucked us off with Darcy getting... Negative four by half time, and I think I remember uh, someone in our uh, my other chat um, off air actually captained him. So yeah, it would have been a disaster when to happen. But obviously they're not good enough. Nathan reckons they're playing uh, fake footy, i.e. what St Kilda did last year, where they just bomb it forward and then have no defensive pressure moving back. Um, you look at the light. This is obviously against North. You had Brayshaw who absolutely fizzled. After half time, he was on 70 at half time, ended up barely scoring 100. Hayden Young, who, you know, had massive wraps on him, obviously had a bit of an injury concern against North. Uh, no, last week, uh, yeah, against North and then filtered out until 50. And Darcy was absolutely shocking. What are your thoughts on Frio in general? And in particular, I want your opinion on how bad this ruck combo has been and, and how overrated it, it might have been. Yeah, I can't say I've watched much of Freo, if any, this year. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a funny one because Darcy just does not look like a proper forward and Jackson, I don't even know what he is. He doesn't – he's athletic, but he also appears to be not really a real true forward either and they're trying to force one of them to play forward – and it's just not working. So I think it's one of those things where they're going to need to really fix something up. And I, I expect Fremantle will. They've got too much talent on that list to just sit there and not improve or change up the game style. Longmill's a pretty 
decent coach, I thought, as well. So I reckon give them one or two more weeks, see how they go. If they can't play well against West Coast in what is probably a season-defining clash for them, if they can't be West Coast then go 0-3, I think the season's basically over. So let's give them one more week and then go from there. But, yeah, come on, Longmill. Chuck, Chuck Darcy up forward a bit more. I mean, no, 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 Chuck Darcy in the rock a bit more. And maybe Jackson on the ball or something. They they need some sort of different combination in the uh, midfield as well because that hasn't been working. They're a bit too stagnant with Brody and Amira there. So... Let's see. Let's see what happens this week. Yeah, I mean, I would know Nathan. I'm assuming um, would be fuming if he had if uh, if if Brody was like this last year. But I just don't know what's going on at Free at the moment. You've got Omira, Brayshaw, Brody, Sarong, and you still can't get it right. Um, and you've yeah. got Darcy, who's arguably touted as a pretty elite tap ruckman. Um, and I've seen we like I saw footage on the weekend. Which would be pretty damning, um, considering that there's points in 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 the play where he's up for the ruck and there's barely a, a midfield there. So something's not right. It seems like Nathan's a bit on the money um, with a one-way running Freire where they don't work hard enough back and they're really struggling. Brayshaw would be the only person that does it, I think. Um, Amira wouldn't be surprised if he does fuck all and and Brody and Sarong, I think. And more of your attacking. I mean, Brody's more defensively minded, but there's a serious problem there going on at Freeway at the moment if they can't win against North. Um, that's for sure. But in saying that, super coach wise, pull your head in Longmuir because we really don't want to um, seeing 40s from Darcy any longer. But um, yeah, that's all we got time for today. Um, hopefully, your team didn't do as bad as some of ours, and and hopefully you have enough trades to sort out a bit of a shit show that's happened in the last two weeks. I know it's a bit of been of a carnage week, or carnage really two weeks at Supercoach has seen with so many injured premiums early. Um, with our premium subscribers, or uh, sorry, not premium Patreon subscribers, we'll be hoping to upload a Q and A kind of session again uh, later in the week, as we will normally do for the remainder of the season, probably closer to round one teams. If you have any questions for us, um, that that video will always go up there, as well as our round two weekly write up, which we which goes a lot more in depth than what we normally do on socials. It's just gone up this morning, um, so if you feel free to you know um, subscribe to both tiers, you'll get access to it. Um, it's dirt cheap and it gives us um, support to develop and, and grow our content. And we're really appreciative of any support you do decide to give us. But until then. Um, have fun trying to decide who to trade in and trade out, and we'll uh, catch you for a weekly Q&A later this week. <laughs>